Hey, welcome back to the Naked Security Podcast. My name is Kimberly Trung, and to my virtual right, I have Doug Amith. It's hot here, and uh, but I can't complain. It's 92 degrees here. We're having a heat wave. I'm a little north of Boston. Almost boiling. Yep, that would be, yeah, 32 <laughs> degrees Celsius. And uh, we are north of, we're- That's hot, is it? About, well- yeah. Here's the thing. We're about a half mile from the ocean, so it's actually cooler up here. The people not as close to the water are getting. My brother, who lives in the Pacific Northwest in Yakima, Washington, it is 115 degrees Fahrenheit <gasps> where he is right now. 46 degrees Celsius. <gasps> they are wow. just sweating out there. That's hot. Yeah. Especially for the Pacific Northwest. Oh, yeah. Holy moly. The irony is that they're yeah. moving to Florida, and it's like <laughs> 25 degrees cooler in Florida right now than it is in the that, middle of uh, Washington State. Ooh, the humidity, though. Mm, watch out. Yep. Um, to my virtual right, I have Paul Ducklin. Hello, folks. We're just having a happy medium here in, the, <laughs> in England. Very temperate. So What a good day. All's good. <laughs> okay, before we get into the news, I just want to quickly tease the oh no of the week and... Oh, boy. Sometimes it, rookie mistakes. Watch out for these rookie mistakes. Hmm. Stay tuned. Hmm. Do you mean that people who don't know what they're doing can sometimes be a liability? Hmm. Yeah, and, and espe you're especially a liability <laughs> if you have absolutely no idea what you're doing. Um, <laughs> well, that can sometimes be better because at least you don't know what you don't Plead know. ignorance, exactly. <laughs> I didn't know. I literally did not know. Stick around. It's a listener-submitted story this week, so very special. Love it. All right, what's happening in the news? Well, we're going to talk about British tourists being charged thousands of dollars for peer visits. That's visits to a peer. And a billing <laughs> blunder. We're going to talk about Social Media Day, which I thought was every day, but it's apparently just ad day. <laughs> and then we're going to talk about Kim's excellent interview with Eva Galperin. But first... Fun fact, according to Data Unearthed by Morgan Stanley, 91% of cell phone-owning U.S. citizens keep their phones within arm's reach at all times. Oh. Seems low. Seems a little low, if you ask me. <laughs> does that include, how can I put this on a family podcast? Yes, it does. Trips to the toilet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> of course. And by arm's reach could mean like actually in your hand while you are attending to other matters. Yep. Most definitely. I definitely don't think that's hygienic. Oh, most is definitely No, not. there's been studies that like <laughs> someone else's cell phone is like the, 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 the most germ-infested thing you can put in your hand. Never touch someone else's cell phone. Yeah, but it's not just that you touch it. If you actually have to use it as a phone, you actually lift it up and touch it to your face. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You sure mm -hmm. do. Good luck with that. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, who uses their phone for phone calls exactly. anymore, right? <laughs> this is true. Actually, I'm trying to think, when did I last make a phone call? And I actually, I cannot remember. An actual phone call, mm. like a regular, you know, where you dial right. 1 800 don't dial that. I made that up. Oh, okay. I was like, is this a jingle? For... I didn't do a 555. Five, five. <laughs> yeah, you didn't do a 555. Five, five. I hate the phone for, uh, I, I have to f always uh, spell my last name, A-A-M-O-T-H. So that's why I hate the phone. Because I can, I can say, this, this is Doug Amit calling. <laughs> and they're like, what the, What did you just say? 
And we have several <laughs> services here that will let you sign up for them online, but you can you only have, you can only call to cancel. Like uh, Sirius XM Radio is one of those. Yeah. And I will never be able to quit because they're like, you have to call. So I'm just going to keep paying them until I die. I <laughs> and then every time you call them, they give you a deal. Yeah, they're like, so oh, I, but if you stick around, we'll give you like six months free. And you're like, ah, oh, shoot. Yeah. <laughs> you get so trapped. I got to do that once a year. I got to call up and be like, I, I want to leave. And like, you can't. And I was like, all right, I guess. <laughs> I just want to get off the phone as Doug, quickly Doug, I as thought possible. you were complaining because... You're 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 the guy who's even ahead of Aardvark in the dictionary, so that when when they're using a list, you always get called first. Whereas Mister Zymergy, mm-hmm. like they, some of the salespeople will have got tired by the time they get to the end of the list. Yeah, that's true. So is that a problem being at the head of the queue? Yes, like that. Yep, it has its advantages too. I got to graduate first from high school, except in my junior year, a kid moved to town named Ian Acker, A A K. And he was ahead of me oh. for the SATs. And I said, that's my seat, Acker. You know that's my seat. And he mysteriously disappeared. So by senior year, <laughs> I was back at the front of the line. Why didn't you just say, hey, folks, there's been a mistake. You know, Armouth, it's actually, obviously, everyone says Armouth as though it has one A, but it actually has three. Or just put a zero at the beginning of your name. That sorts ahead. <laughs> yeah. right? There you go. Like there, it. There. Well, speaking of zeros, lots of zeros in this uh, this yes. bill that these British uh, tourists got. So, Paul, explain to us. This looks lovely. It's like a, I'm looking at the picture of this article. It's like a long pier, and then at the end of the pier, there's a bunch of activities to do, right? So you pay to get on the yes. pier and then go do all the stuff? Yeah, I think that I, I guess it's a bit like the pictures I've seen of the Santa Monica Pier, mm. but that's probably there because... You know, why wouldn't you build something like that? But of course, in Britain, many of the beaches, they're not even sand. They might like in Brighton, the beaches are pebbles. Some places they're mud flats. And I guess in the Victorian era, in the in the 19th century, people wore more voluminous clothing and they sort of dressed up for everything. So they didn't want to have to go on the beach. They don't have to get on a boat to go to sea. So you build a boardwalk or a pier that goes out hundreds of metres into the ocean. So you can be at sea, but on level ground. You know, some of them actually have theatres. There's actually a theatre. You can go and take in a show oh, cute. <laughs> uh, while you're on the pier. And like you see in the Brighton Palace Pier, picture in the article, which is the pier in question here, they, they've got like funfair rides, like a roller coaster <laughs> that whoa, over the edge of the pier and then back. So they obviously a lot of them fell into disrepair because steel structures in salty water made of wood tend to either burn down or rust. But some of them have been restored to their former glory, and they're quite popular. And they're not super cheap, because those piers, are, they're expensive to maintain. But you would not expect to get a bill, if you took your family to the pier, for more than £100. And one woman who was expecting to be billed 85 quid, roughly, for all the things she bought in the day, rides on the funfair for her kids, candy floss or cotton candy, as you call it, all the cool stuff that you do in summer. And it was actually in April, just after lockdown had ended. So everyone, oh, let's go to the pier. They didn't get billed for two months. Some, they were, obviously, something had gone wrong. But when the payments were finally processed, presumably somebody had corrected an error somehow, so they went through. It turned out that the date, <laughs> which ironically and luckily was stored non-Y2K compliant, it was year, year, month, month, day, day. And this woman had gone on the 8th of April... 2021 so she was billed 2 1 
<laughs> pounds oh. for her day at the pier. Fortunately, she wasn't billed 202104.08, which would have been 200,000, which probably wouldn't have gone through. So there's a bit of a comedy of errors here that firstly, maybe she thought she wasn't going to get charged, but she obviously hadn't checked her statement and wondered, I wonder what happened to those billings, like what's gone wrong. And then when it did go through, suddenly significantly more than it was supposed to be, which is, of course, a bit of a problem for some of the people affected, because like if you have a debit card, it can't go below zero. So it could get cancelled or frozen. You could suddenly go into overdraft, and then you might have a direct debit that wouldn't get paid. Obviously, they figured it out when she said, I did not spend the 8th of April 2021 amount of money on the 8th of April. They kind of figured out what had happened. So able to correct it. You smile in hindsight, but... It's interesting that A, we've still got people who haven't seen, don't seem to have realised that Y2K has already passed us by. <laughs> and secondly, you know, you'd think that you would store a date in a way that couldn't possibly be mistaken as an amount. You know, store it as a date, not as a financial amount. Oof. But obviously the, the data did not differentiate. You can imagine a CSV file where the comma got out of place or something like that. Oh dear. Anyway. All's well that ends well. And, and also that it, it took two it. months to put these payments through, right? Yeah. Yes, that's quite weird because you're thinking, and so if I could jump to the tips, the first tip that we give in the article, of course, is check your statements. And as we talked about on a previous podcast, you're not just looking for where you get billed for things that is a crook putting something through on your card. It's also important to look for things that didn't happen or money that comes in that you weren't expecting, which could be somebody testing your account with a refund, or paying you money and then they're going to get ready to try and persuade you to pay it back, but in cash and you lose the money. If you have put a payment through on your card and it doesn't go through, it's not a freebie. You could get billed later on, and that error was compounded by the fact that they then billed, what, 10, 20, 30 times too much. So check those statements, folks, even for things that don't appear you probably haven't got away with it. It's probably just not gone through yet, and you might want to query and check that. And now you're about to get charged 20 times <laughs> what you were supposed, yeah. to, <laughs> supposed to be paying. Yeah. Oh my. This is just a cautionary tale. I feel like this article speaks to me because I'm terrible about checking my statements. I really am. I think I probably do it once a month when I have to go pay my bill. And even then, I just do a quick scan. So yeah. once you start making as much money as Kim and I make that you don't really need to check your statements all that much. It's like out of sight, out of mind. Cause you're like, there's just so much in there. I don't I've care. I've got so, so much money. Going to the pier was a thousand dollars. Okay. I guess that's what the going rate is right now. <laughs> wow. Inflation. y'all. I guess, it, you know, thinking of how we normally write dates in the UK, it's a good job. It wasn't UK dates, New Year's <laughs> Eve party, mm-hmm. yeah. where they would have been billed 3112020 or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which brings us to the second tip. If you're a programmer and you're storing dates, please choose an unambiguous format in which to store it. This has caused a little bit of eruption and alarm on the in the comments. Some people say, no, you should use the fields that the database provides and just store date as an integer and time as an integer. And the problem is that then it's easy to mix up, whereas if you choose a format to store the date that is text-based, that is some kind of recognised international standard, 
and that is also human readable and that sorts alphabetically into date order, then you kind of avoid all of these problems and you get date stamps that are directly suitable to use for cybersecurity purposes in things like log files. So if you're a programmer and you're storing dates, consider using a format, even if it uses a bit more memory and a bit more disk space, that is unambiguously, unavoidably a date and can't be mixed up with anything else. And the third tip? You know, if you're going to do a small transaction uh, and you have got cash, most countries still accept it. So certainly in the UK, shops would, they'd like you to use a card, but they will accept cash and it's not difficult to do it in a coronavirus friendly way. And as it happens, because the 21st of June 2021 was the official release date of the new £50 Allen Turing banknote, mm-hmm. all banknotes or bills, as you guys call them in the UK, are now made of polymer. So you can actually wipe them clean with hand sanitizer oh. if you're worried about coronavirus. Cool. If you'd like to read that story, you can head to nakedsecurity.sophos.com. It is called British Tourists Charged. It's like a backwards two with a line through it, like a kind of a like curvy F. Is there, is there a name <laughs> for it? Pound sign. There's not some fancy name. Can you believe it? Charged pound sign, but not your pound right, sign. Was the hashtag used, which was used for pounds weight was never used for that here. We wrote when we had pounds weight. We differentiated them by writing the number and then at the end LB. Okay, so that symbol, thousands for peer visits in Billing Blunder. I feel bad for the poor soul who literally went and typed into the search bar exactly what you, <laughs> the description you gave, squiggly line yep, with a line through it. Down, it's like a, Backwards two with a line through yeah, it. Yeah, like a fancy F. It's like a broken ampersand, Doug. You know, you could have been more creative with your insults. But yeah, I can like a up. cool looking E, like a capital E. It's kind of like got <laughs> some flair to it. <laughs> like an E that's going out clubbing and it's like dressed up. Like, hey, I'm going oh out my. today. You know what I mean? The pound sign is, of course, it, it is a stylized L. It does look like a stylized uh, L. I don't know where Doug got E. Librum, like. Latin word for pound. <laughs> I'd love to talk about do- dollar signs and pound signs all day, but we have to get to our next story, which is Social Media Day, which if you are listening to this episode on Wednesday, June 30th, it is Social Media Day. So we wanted to talk about some social media tips to keep in mind, you know, you'll hear us bark about this all the time on the podcast. Just because it's a day doesn't mean that you don't try to practice it every day, right? So Doug, Duck, should we go round table and give some advice about, you know, whether it's your own personal advice on social media and what to keep in mind or, you know, what, how should we do this? Yeah, I'd start with uh, I'm not a I'm no expert, but just because you have a Twitter account doesn't mean you have to tweet stuff. You can just read other people's tweets. <laughs> this is true. That's great advice. <laughs> yeah, that's surprisingly simple advice, isn't it? Sometimes <laughs> it pays to sit on your hands. It mm-hmm. does. Uh, and even more importantly, I think you know, social media day maybe it could also be like social thoughtfulness day. Mm, I love that. If you're going to post something and it's a picture with you in it that you took then in most countries legally it's your photo but if you've got your buddies in there and one of them says would you mind not posting it don't be a naughty person and post it anyway because you think it's funny if everyone's in agreement that it's suitable to post do it otherwise there might be somebody either who just doesn't want to be pictured 
in that sort of situation or thinks that for them it might be giving away more about them than say about you. Although technically it's your choice to upload a photo you took, make sure that everyone in the photo is happy with it because mm. it's kind of like how you'd want to be treated yourself, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, as someone who works in social media, I have a lot of thoughts about social media. I feel like I could do a whole episode just on <laughs> cautionary tales, but I think uh, it sounds very simple, but you don't have to be on social media if you don't want to be. So mm -hmm. that's another thing I would tell people is that don't get caught up on being on TikTok or Instagram or whatever because your friends or family or whatever, they're on it. I think, you know, do whatever yeah. will bring you joy and less stress in your life. If you find that social media brings you more joy and less stress in your life, then great. Use that as a tool. But I, I personally, because I work in social media, I find it very hard to spend personal time on social media. By the same token, you don't have to believe and act upon everything that's on it either. Yeah. Again, you don't have to feel obliged to respond to everything no. or defend yourself in every case. Because I think that's an easy way that people then end up, A, they say things that make them look bad subsequently that they may later regret. But B, and perhaps more importantly, they may be tricked, perhaps even deliberately, into giving away information that they really should have kept to themselves, that they would never have thought of giving out if they hadn't been prodded with a pointy stick yeah and uh, you know even to go one step further watch what you're saying online because that could come back to bite you years later i mean how many stories do we have to read about about various comedians or celebrities or whatever who tweeted out, out something dumb a long time ago and now it's like resurfaced because someone spent a lot of time going through their history on twitter and pulling out things yeah. that, you know, you know, uh, I'm sure they would say I'm not that person anymore. I, I did exactly. think or say those things at the time, but I got caught up, uh, you know, in the frenzy of being on Twitter um, and what have you. So like Doug, going back to Doug's point earlier, just because you're on social media doesn't need, mean you need to post to social media. Like my late my latest tweet is. As well-written droids go, K2SO is at the top of a short list, and it's not even really all that close, right? This is the droid from um, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. And I live in oh, constant yeah. fear that someone's going to look up that tweet <laughs> the next time I go for a bank loan or a job. And I just keep going. It's a thread. I say, like, some human out there has on their resume that they wrote all of K2SO's dialogue, and it's not being fully appreciated. Props to the voice actor, too, who I found out was Alan, Alan Tudyk. Like, yes, yeah. I, so, like, this kind of stuff... I can't erase that. <laughs> also, it's a good past. point. Uh, I agree you. with you on that. Uh, that that <laughs> I said, I get that C-3PO and R2-D2 are first ballot Hall of Famers, purely as great droids go, and the spinny shooty one from the early Mandalorian episodes has a cool K2SO vibe too, but come on, hail to the king, baby. So someone's going to read that someday and be like, you want to buy a house? I don't <laughs> think so, sir. Because they're going to be some C-3PO fan or R2-D2 fan. You don't know who you're offending you know, yeah. by saying something like this. Not to age ourselves, but aren't you guys glad that there was no Twitter or Facebook when we were like in our teens? Yeah, the... most definitely. Mm -hmm. It's just a powder keg. And I suspect that there are many people who are in their teens now who kind of think it is like it was back when it was unlikely that there would be a permanent record. You know, as Kim said, you know, the very few people are the same as they were nine years ago, or ten years ago. 
Yeah, nine years ago, for instance, I was into uh, I was into beer and video games, and it's like my how times have changed because <laughs> nine years later, I'm still into beer and video games, but I'm much fatter than I was. <laughs> Um, should we get into some practical security tips in regards to social media? Like, for example, sure. <laughs> you can always change your privacy settings, right? Like if Doug doesn't want photos of his video game slash beer nights out on Facebook, he can change the privacy settings to his Facebook and to his photo albums, to his photos. Mm-hmm. And importantly, Kimberly, yeah. you, I think that firstly you should regularly review your privacy settings, yes. even if you think you know what they are, in case they've added new ones that you weren't aware of mm-hmm. that you might want to turn on for extra safety. True. And because it's easy to forget how you set them or you're in a hurry one day and oh, I'll just need to change that. And the other, the flip side of that is that means you, because that every app kind of does it differently, you do have to take a, make, take, make it a rainy afternoon. Sit down and go through all the social media apps you use and learn how to get to the privacy settings, whether it's in the app or on their website, because they're all different. They've all got different ranges of settings. The menus are all different. Go through and make sure you know what they are. You may be pleasantly surprised about how you could improve your own security by clicking just one or two buttons, but you have to know that they're there and where they are before you can even start to do that. Good advice per usual. Um, one thing that I noticed on Instagram lately, uh, well, two things actually. One, I'm getting a ton of message requests from these dumb bot accounts or what have you. Um, some even don't even look like bot accounts. It just looks like strangers or I don't know, uh, someone who started an account very recently and has like one follower. Um, be careful. But it's following 300,000 yeah, people. Yeah, like... I, <laughs> One of those. I think um, we've written a lot about this on Naked Security in terms of like Instagram scams that come through DMs and what have you. Just hit delete. You know what I mean? If you have no idea who this person is, you have no... You know, they're sending you a link. They're trying to chit-chat you up. I don't care who you are. Delete, delete, delete. You don't have to engage exactly, these people. It- <laughs> That's why Kim never got back to me when I asked to be friends on Instagram. You're not on Instagram. I don't think so. Uh, another thing that I've noticed, thank you, Instagram, for doing this for me, is I've been getting notifications that someone is trying to log into my account. Which is a reminder, Kimberly, that if you think it's important to keep your social media passwords secure, it's as important, if not more important, to keep your email, email password mm-hmm. secure. Because yep. if they had your email password, yep. they could jump in and they could reset your right. account. Mm-hmm. Don't use your so same pa- the same password, right? For each of the accounts, is another great security tip. Always use unique and don't passwords. Use, don't put don't use a complicated password, but then put dash fb dash tw dash ig on the end, oh my God, and think yeah. the crooks aren't going to figure Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. They're used to that, yeah. <laughs> and so are their automated systems. You want yeah. a simple password like password, but use dollar signs as the s's. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right, Doug. And then suddenly it feels like the big irony, money Doug. Here. You'd be slightly more secure if you used pound signs, but not <laughs> yeah. by much. I'm going to switch all mine to pound signs now. Because <laughs> fewer people have the pound sign on their keyboard. Yeah, I don't even know how to. F- yeah, sign. I got to buy a new keyboard, I guess. Yeah, you have to get a British keyboard. Yeah, folks, don't and don't. Yeah, don't think that putting dollar signs or pound signs in the word password or fives 
or a zero or a nine on the end is going to fool the crooks either. Mm. Nope. And then, you know, we've written a lot of articles about Facebook hoaxes and doing your research before you share them, people trying to dupe you through uh, hacking into your friend's Facebook accounts and then they message you yes. pretending to be that person. Just keep a vigilant eye out. And if you do think that you've had a message from one of your chums because they've been hacked, whatever you do, don't contact them back on that same social media platform to say, hey, have you been hacked? Mm -hmm. Because all you're doing is tipping off the crook who has hacked them. Mm -hmm. Find another way to contact them and let them know. That's why social, one of the reasons why crooks love social media passwords. When they send out a phishing email or a scam email via email to a million people, no one really believes it because they could be anybody and they probably are. But when they can send a message to your buddies with your name on it, much more likely to get traction. Guys, we left you some, with some really hot social media tips. If you want more, you can always check them out. NakedSecurity.SoFos.com Okay, let's pull the car over. Let's take a little break, stretch our legs, <laughs> get out, look at the sunrise over the mountains of this week in tech history. Well, <laughs> we talked about cell phones a bit earlier in the episode, and, and this week in 2007, the first-generation iPhone, model A1203, was released in the United States at a time when most high-end phones were selling for $200 with a two-year wireless service contract. The iPhone was available in a 4-gigabyte version for $500 or an 8-gigabyte version for $600, also requiring a two-year contract. It also supported a slower connection speed than most phones at the time, 2.5G or Edge versus 3G. Still, two and a half months after its release, Apple had sold a million iPhones in the U.S. alone. Ooh. I was working for TechCrunch at the time. I remember covering this. And I also remember uh, in September when they unveiled the iPod Touch. I was much more impressed with the iPod Touch. I thought that was really cool. It was like wafer thin. It was like a graham cracker. Yeah. You could download, these, download music directly to this thing. Like, what? Yeah. All the good Yeah, and then when things. people realized that actually their iPhone was, in fact, kind of had an iPod in it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. I killed the iPod. Mm -hmm. I still have my iPod Nanos. Oh, the one yeah. where you can circle with your thumb over, yep. uh, I don't know what you would call it, button? Is it technically a button? I think they called it a wheel. Yeah, scroll wheel. Oh, yeah, yeah. the wheel. Yeah, scroll wheel. That's it. That's yeah. the one. I still have it because I'm like, maybe one day it'll be worth something. <laughs> There'll be some hipster kid who wants my uh, iPod Nano. I'll give you 12 bucks for it. <laughs> And isn't it weird that until the iPhone came out, the idea of a phone being really successful, particularly in the business market, if it didn't have an actual physical keyboard, everyone was, yeah, well, these touch phones, they're all very well, but you're going to need a proper keyboard under the screen before business people take it on. And now every, every time you see someone trying to reinvent the phone with a physical keyboard, there's a few diehard enthusiasts who try it and go, you know what, like, mm, no, I'm over it. <laughs> I don't think I want a mobile Go back phone. To your yeah, I don't think I want a BlackBerry. Um, however, I will make the argument that I missed the the main button yeah. on the on the iPhone, uh, whatever you would call that, the home button. I missed that. Home. I've been using an Android phone for years now, and I know Paul, you have your own stories about switching from and iOS to Android. But I do remember, even to this day, the iPhone 4S being the best phone 
I've ever owned, just pound <laughs> for pound. I used to write entire articles on that thing, that what? tiny thing. And I was working at Time, what was it, Time Magazine at the time? Yeah, because they gave me an iPhone. Yeah, and I would just, I would like write just like paragraphs and paragraphs. And still to this day, I can't, I can't do it on any other phone keyboard. I don't know why it was just that phone. Fond memories of the iPhone. <laughs> I've got used to carrying two phones now. I just figure I got the best and the worst of both. What could go wrong? <laughs> Alrighty then, we are going to move on to our next segment, and this. Uh, so I have a bit of news. First of all. This is my last episode, you guys. My last episode on the Naked Security podcast. Ugh. And it's because I'm leaving. I'm leaving Sophos. I have been here for 12 years. Uh, Doug has been here longer than me, so he can um, hold that over my head. But I've been here for 12 years, and I'm moving on fi I, finally question mark, <laughs> uh, uh, to my next opportunity and it's been amazing i've had a lot of fun working on this podcast i hope you guys have had a lot of fun listening to our random oh no's and my random uh, hopefully somewhat useful comments but it is time for me to hit the old dusty trail as they say but of course um if you want to reach out to me, if you have any funny stories, I still want to hear them, heck. But I hope the oh no, I mean, Doug and Duck will have to decide this, but I hope the oh no will live on. The oh no of the week will live on. But if you want to find me, hit me up on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me under my full name, Kimberly Trung. Or, of course, you can, I still have my Reddit account. Oh no, it's Oh, yeah, Kim. you do. <laughs> uh o-h-n-o it's kim you can still find me on reddit and um let me know what you think say bye bye or not necessarily bye hi but yeah but before i go i have one last splinter episode mini episode with the wonderful eva galperin who is the director of the electronic frontier foundation and they have done so much for fighting for privacy advocacy especially in the united states so she is amazing. I had a hoot and a half talking to her. She's so smart. She's so insightful. And I encourage you to listen to this episode, which will drop a few days after this episode. Again, Splinter episode with Eva Galperin. Shall we play a quick clip? Let's. I watched your TED Talk, and I thought it was fantastic, of course. And one of the things you said is full access to a person's phone is the next best thing to full access to a person's mind. Um, for someone who hasn't yet watched your TED Talk, uh, can you talk a little bit about that and what you mean by that? So you keep a lot of very sensitive information on your cell phone. And uh, often it is information that you don't even realize is there. You don't really think about. Uh, so a person's cell phone gives away uh, not just how to contact them, but also everybody in their contact list. So everybody that they talk to, mm. um, all, of their, um, all of their conversations, all of their social media accounts, the contents of those accounts, their email accounts, the emails that they send and receive, the text messages that they send and receive, the end-to-end -end encrypted messages that they receive, because this is the end. Uh, and you, you know, end-to-end -end encrypted messaging uh, protects your uh, protects your data from a third party, but it does not protect you from the endpoint because mm -hmm. otherwise, at, at the end, you have to decrypt the message. Uh, all of your passwords are are there. Uh, your location is tracked. You're essentially keeping a tracking device in your pocket. Uh, all of your photos are there. Your selfies. 
uh, your, your nudes, <laughs> anything else. <laughs> oh, God. So, uh, yeah, so it's incredibly revealing. Uh, you can learn a lot about somebody just by looking at uh, what they're searching on on the internet. Mm-hmm. You can learn a lot about somebody's worries from looking at their search history. Most definitely mine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, you can learn a lot from somebody's browsing history, from what they're ordering. Uh, it's incredibly revealing. And that's one of the reasons why phones are such a juicy target, not just uh, for governments and uh, sort of government actors and law enforcement, which is how I got started in this field, but uh, also for uh, people who are abusive in relationships. Uh, who think that it's okay to go spy on their spouse's phone mm. because because uh, they're being mean or they think they're cheating or right. they you know think they're lying about where they've been. And rather than have a conversation about it, they decide that, uh, nah, I'm just going to install this uh, this software on uh, on their device. And that's abusive. Yeah, so I absolutely loved my interview with her. Highly recommend that you follow her on social media. She's very active on Twitter. And check out her work. She does really, really amazing work. And it was an honor to talk to her. Yes, it was a great episode. And Kimberly, I believe you to be great. And I will miss you. Oh, guys. I'm going to miss you guys, truly. Hey, you know what? You may find in your new job, which where. You won't be in cybersecurity, will you? But cybersecurity will be hanging over you yeah. like it does over all of yeah. us. You may actually encounter oh-no's that you would like us to yes. cover on oh the my podcast. God. Yeah. In which case, we'd love to have them. <laughs> because there's a bit of a lesson for all of us in things that most people have done at least once and then wish they hadn't. Yeah. So there I'm you go. I'm sure I'll be one of them. I'm sure someone will report... <laughs> An oh no, I've done. Um, look, that's the point of the oh no, okay? Well, you can put someone else's name on it, <laughs> can't you? <laughs> exactly. Please don't out me. Um, yeah, so speaking of oh no, let's get into our my last oh no with you guys, but not the hopefully last oh no ever. Um, this oh no comes from a loyal listener who hit me up on Reddit and Rorok writes... A few years back, I worked at an SOC and we needed some help to manage things. The company hired a guy with no IT background. At that time, all network access was permitted by adding the MAC address. So the network admin asked this guy for his MAC address and this guy provided it, but he couldn't get online. There was a lot of troubleshooting to find out why his requests weren't allowed. Finally, the network admin did an IF config to double check his MAC address and he realized that the MAC he provided was wrong. He asked, where did he get that address? And the manager turned his laptop over and showed the serial number. <laughs> the oh, end. Oh, oh no. Yeah, what? Yeah, there's a hint. If you're a company coming up with serial numbers... Make it so that they can't be valid IP numbers or MAC addresses, dates, <laughs> or amounts in thousands of pounds for going on the pier. <laughs> Try and make your serial number so there's something about it that if somebody feeds that into any other algorithm, it's probably not going to work, and vice versa. <laughs> there's something to be said for putting a little bit of structure into your data so you can kind of 
guess when people make that sort of mistake because it's an easy mistake to make right you just like most people don't know what mac actually means Mm. they just know it's a thing that goes with the computer and sadly a lot of computer vendors and and software makers in history have used computers mac address as some kind of unique identifier for the device so they've turned it into if you like a serial number but of course you plug in a second network card it has a completely different mac address so yeah don't make serial numbers that are hex strings like mac addresses and then you can't have that problem. I want to know how this guy got a job in a sock with no experience. No IT background. It's amazing. Yeah. Good for him. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> the older I get, the more I realize how untechnical I am. So like, if you had asked me at like 17, like, how technical are you? Scale of 1 to 10, I would have been like, oh, easy 10. Then my mid-20s, I'm like, I'm, maybe I'm more like an 8. Because you find all these people are smarter than you, and you don't know what a MAC address <laughs> is. And then, like, early 30s, you're like, I'm probably, like, a 6. <laughs> now, like, my early 40s, I'm like, I'm probably, like, a 4, 4 or 5, <laughs> if I'm lucky. So by the time I'm, you know, on my deathbed, I'm going to be like, turns out I didn't know anything about <laughs> technology. Turns out I'm not technical <laughs> at all. <laughs> uh, I guess the other question to ask about the SOC is, did they really think that MAC addresses are a security measure. Hmm, that was, yeah. Because they're a safety measure, for example, if you use them on your own wireless network at home to stop people connecting devices by mistake. But a lot of people, historically, they've used MAC addresses. They go, oh, I don't need a password. The MAC address is enough. Forgetting, of course, that A, they are broadcast publicly as a matter of how Wi-Fi works. And secondly, you can set the MAC address of a network card by hand if you want or with a program. So as a security measure, they're kind of useless. They're a convenience rather than a security measure. Don't forget that. It may not have been a sock after all. Maybe it was literally a sock. Maybe it was a, like a wool factory and they had a room that was made. Like, a giant you know, sock. Like a, yeah, like a thing, tent. A giant. Be a bit hot in summer, wouldn't yeah. it? Okay. I think we figured this out. We cracked this case. <laughs> we cracked the case. Um, we need washing a lot as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Folks, if you have an oh no that you want to share with Doug and Duck going forward, you can hit us up. Oh, I know. It's so sad. It sounds so sad, doesn't it? it? It's really not that sad, guys. Um, you can leave an anonymous comment on any of our articles on nakedsecurity.sophos.com. You can DM us on all the platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Naked Security. Or you can email tips at sophos.com. But don't reach out to me on Reddit because I will no longer be working for the company. Uh, so you're better off going one of those other avenues to uh, submit your own. Oh no. Yeah, that's probably true. You know, if we had a plan in place... Could have been like, oh, no, it's Doug. Oh, no, it's Paul. It might not work that well for you and me, Doug, because when people go, oh, no, it's Doug slash Duck, maybe that's just what they say. Yeah, I, people say that <laughs> out loud to me all the time. Rather than they think, oh, that's terribly witty. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. All right. Well, it's been a great 39 episodes. Again, stay tuned for the episode coming out with Eva Galperin. Hopefully on the Monday after this very episode. I'm so proud of it. And check out any of the other Splinter episodes that we have with Katie Mazuris and Rachel Toback, Karen Al-Azari. So many great, great, great episodes. I'm going to miss doing these, but you guys are being left in good hands. So (laughs) until next time, stay stay secure. secure. Bye-bye. 
It is time for me to hit the old dusty trail.